0: Hello and welcome back in the trenches. We are live from Gresham, Oregon. Uh, very chaotic at the parents' house right now, at the mom's house, uh, with a special guest. He is the sole creator and founder of all things Barcelona and Talking Baseball History. My former roommate, and legends say he used to drink directly out of the Brita. Welcome to the show, Michael Boski.
1: It's, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm glad to... Uh be in the uh, on the in-, in the trenches show
0: yeah of course uh you're now the second roommate we've gotten on here so after this it's just going to be time to bring on gannon uh maybe isaac down the stretch and maybe Corey eventually <laughs> okay not Corey, please. <laughs> uh, there's some off the record <laughs> yeah off the record some roommate lore for you guys but uh bosky the way we like to start things here in the trenches uh, usually is is not necessarily sports related, but it c- totally can be. What's the best thing you saw this week? Um, best
1: thing I saw this week would be two things. Um, one would be sports related, um, Barca one five zero yesterday. That was pretty cool. Um, and non sports related. Well, I guess it is sports related, but it's personal related. Um, I birdied a hole today in golf. So that was, that was pretty impressive. I've been
0: doing no that recently. Way. I did
1: crack my driver, which is unfortunate. So I had to buy a new one, but okay. it is what it is.
0: Wow. So you've been, you've been golfing recently. That's a new development.
1: Uh, yeah, I used to golf quite a bit. Um, but now, now that like all well, over COVID, I golfed quite a bit. And then now that I'm back here, I guess whenever I go back to Sacramento, I, I start golfing again. Um, mainly because I used youth on course, which basically gets me to golf free at any course, but apparently, but like, I have to be under 18. So I just lie.
0: (laughs) But that's (laughs) Um, obviously off the record.
1: (laughs) That's off the record. Yeah. But I, but I've been golfing like a few times a week. So it's been, it's been fun.
0: That is a lot of fun. Uh, best thing I saw this week, I alluded to it like on a show earlier. I saw some banana slugs uh, here in Oregon. They're actually they're out and about. so uh, I, you know it's probably similar. I assume you get them in Northern California, right?
1: I haven't seen them, but I think it's too hot right now, but they are they are pre- like prevalent during the winter.
0: Yeah, so it's a little cooler up here. But the the best sports related thing I saw is Stephen A Smith tried to have a college football take this weekend and everyone just unanimously it was like sang and kumbaya together just to absolutely dunk on Stephen A Smith for being an idiot and not knowing what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, he's not super well versed when it comes to like anything other than I would say basketball be um like anything other than that he's pretty much like He pretty much doesn't know what he's talking about. I also saw Mad Dog got a pretty awful take as well. So I think... What did Mad Dog say? I don't even remember exactly, but it was something about Colorado and how... Well, I know after week one, he said he was already tired of Deion Sanders, and it was, like, annoying that he was, like, coaching well and all this stuff. Um... And so, like, just, like, I mean, you can kind of get the vibe. Like, basically, literally after one week, he was tired of Deion Sanders. I don't know why, but <laughs> it was just, like, some old head college football, like, traditionalist take, which did not go over well. Everyone, did, everyone was pretty much unanimously against that. So, I can't remember exactly what it was, though.
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, the rest of the media is just glazing Deion. So, maybe that's a nice change of pace for, for the rest of us.
1: No, it was, but it it was literally after one game he was like, it was like this is I'm <laughs> over it, like this is like overrated. It was like Jesus, like come on man. G- <laughs>
0: and it was time. after the it was after the TCU game too. Like they won as twenty point yeah. underdogs on the road. You know, if it was if it was Colorado
1: State, like I could understand. If it was Colorado State, I could understand. But it was literally against TCU, twenty point underdogs, like national championship, like. Already over it. Like that was the time to be like super high. Like that was that was the the like kumbaya moment.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> what a stupid take. Uh, apologize to anyone that's uh, watching or listening back to this. There's some background noise on my end. It could be uh, my little brother. He's playing uh, some video games in the other room. But so if you hear the occasional uh, shout or gamer slang getting thrown around, that is what that is. But. Bosky, you've always had a uh, which you've always had a controversial take about sports, and this is kind of one of the ones I wanted to lead the show with. Um, and and you've often said that you've had an opinion. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think steroids should be allowed in sports? And if yes, please explain. Um. Okay. Well, I will say
1: that there is like a there should be a fine line, um, <laughs> with where this goes, and that line is definitely combat sports like i think like you shouldn't allow like pds in combat sports because that could actually be like dangerous to someone's health however i do think that like (laughs) PDS should be allowed in other sports um i I think there also should be like a stipulation where like once you once you get to like the pro level you should be allowed to use them so like first off, you have to be good enough to even make it in the sport because, I mean, they're like, i mean, use baseball as an example. There are guys in the minor leagues that would never make it to the major leagues and then they took steroids and made it pretty big. There are guys like that. However, I think, like, you should be good enough to make it to the major leagues and then it's your choice to, like, use PDs because at that point, like, you're already the 1% of the 1% of the 1% and, like, I kind of want to see, like, superhuman <laughs> athletes just start tearing things up. like, I don't know. I just think that's kind of cool. I'm on a moral like gray area with sports. Like some of my favorite athletes were obviously Barry Bonds, notorious steroid user, uh, John Jones, notorious cheater. Um, <laughs> I like I like the Russian like UFC fighters, and like they're all like in a gray area in terms of just what they take. So I don't know. I'm, I'm on a more. I'm not in the more. I'm, I'm not the most like moral person when it comes to this. But I do think that like it's fun to see guys that are superhuman. Like use peds like that would just be like insane and i also think though that there are a lot of like athletes that use performance enhancing drugs that we don't know about. like i think lebron takes steroids like i'll put it out there i genuinely wow. think lebron wow. is yeah i do i don't think like what he's not tank. taking anabolic steroids you know i don't think he's taking anabolic steroids but i think i de- i definitely think he's taking like i mean there's drugs like epo which like allow you to just like Enduring a, like a crazy amount of l- lactic acid stuff, and you could like your endurance is off the charts. That's what a lot of cyclists took. I believe that's what Lance Armstrong took. I think that he's probably he's he's definitely not natural. There's no chance LeBron James is natural. Some insane. Um, I know that's a hot take. That our
0: king, our king, bosky Yeah,
1: but yes, <laughs> no, I, I know. i Yeah, he's my king too. I think he's the best, but I don't think I think a lot of a- athletes are not as natural as they claim to be and maybe once the season ends they go off cycle or whatever i don't i'm not sure exactly but i i don't think a lot of these athletes are as natural as they claim that's sort of
0: my take yeah here's my question what would the limit be on peds let's say tomorrow they said all right roids are legal like what what are the parameters that we're putting in place to make sure people aren't like taking it too far almost or is there any limit?
1: Well, no, there definitely should be a limit. But I think, and at least in my, what I've, what I've come to the conclusion of is like, there's Mm -hmm. drug limits in every single sport. Like, like, you know, in some sports, they allow marijuana use, in some sports, they don't. With steroids, it could be, they could allow, marijuana to or they, (laughs) No no I don't but I'm saying like they, they there's like there's a there's like drugs that are allowed and some that aren't in every sport. And I think with steroids there's not just like one steroid. It could be like you we allow a certain amount of like EPO or a circo, certain like I don't know what the term they use like to measure how much of like picograms or something like that with like whether it's EPO or uh or anavar there's a bunch. And so there's some that you don't allow some that you allow. I think that's the best way of doing it. Because I've also heard the like I've heard the argument of like, is LASIK surgery performance enhancing? Like it's not a drug, but like y- your natural eyesight, like you can't see. Like I know Jameis Winston got that.
0: Um, true. True. That that's a valid and now, point. I
1: like what he did was performance enhancing. Now, is it the same as taking a steroid? No, but it also just as Manny Ramirez took steroids to and, like to boost his testosterone, that was very low. James Winston couldn't see so he so he did something that helped him like you know what I mean like i i think that there yeah. is a gray area in terms of performance enhancing whether lasik surgery is performance enhancing i'm not sure i'm not the one to say that but i would i i could make the argument that steroids are just as performance like it, it's the same level of performance enhancing as something like lasik surgery or contact lenses or something like that i don't know uh, that that could be out there take i'm sure it is but that's at least my view on it.
0: What what, what happens, bossy, if we start to introduce like enhancements? What would your, like like you can like I don't know make your legs longer or like give yourself like a robotic cannon like Patrick Mahomes' arm or whatever? What what do we how, how would you handle that if you were the league commissioner?
1: <laughs> well, I, I would I, like if I were the league commissioner and I was like, okay, I want to make these athletes like superhuman but still human. <laughs> I would I would say like okay like EPO is allowed but robotic arm isn't like there is a there is a line okay, where it's okay. too far. Like I just I think like like the barrier right now is like here I just push it a little bit more but not too much to where it's like literal like like the Chinese like basketball robot have you seen that thing? Like was yeah. like the half court. Yeah. Like yeah that's not allowed but
0: the ultimate B like guy.
1: I, exactly. Yeah, like I would I'd like to see like what it, like imagine if Patrick Mahomes could like take some a drug to make him even better? Like I don't even know what he would take, <laughs> but like it, again, like any if every like player took EPO, they were stamina would be increased by like like tenfold, and so they'd just be like running four threes in the fourth quarter after getting hit like twenty times. Like it would just be insane. <laughs> I don't
0: know. know. I, I think it'd be, have,
1: I think it'd be interesting.
0: You may have won some of the viewers over uh, with your spiel there. Uh, we'll we'll see what what kind of feedback I get on that. but uh another totally thing bad. I know you've got the I know you've got the Nebraska hat on right now, so some people might refute this. you might even refute it, but as far as I've known, you don't necessarily have a specific allegiance to one team. So what's it like for you consuming and watching college football without necessarily being a fan of a team? Um, I think the best way I could
1: describe that is, Um, like, for example, like when you, like you're an NBA fan, I know you like the Blazers. When the Blazers aren't in the playoffs and you watch like playoff basketball, I'm sure there's sometimes where you watch a team and you're like, I just really like this team for what they are, like, and I'm going to root for them like throughout the playoffs or maybe in baseball. Um, I know like you like baseball obviously, but it's more of like, uh, I don't, maybe I'm not, I don't want to put words, but like a fair weather baseball fan in the sense of like. Yeah. The regular season, yeah. you're not necessarily <laughs> going to pay attention to the most to. Yeah, that's – and so it's that's what it's like for, for like my entire life watching college football was like uh, – it was just like, oh, kind of like – you just kind of run with the storylines. Like if there was like – like when UCF was winning all those games, like it was kind of cool. I wasn't a UCF fan, but I was like – it was kind of cool to see how far they could take it. Um, But I would also say like when it comes to like the intricacy of like – be like a if if I was like you like an Oregon State fan like you're gonna pay attention to when Washington State plays I know that that game's coming up but like when they're playing sure. Cal or when they're playing Stanford but for me growing up with a no allegiance to a team it was like if Stanford was bad I'm not I could care less about Stanford like I'm not like I'm not saying I would only watch the top twenty five games but I wouldn't care about like inter conference play as much if it didn't mean like Pac twelve championship Big Ten championship bowl game like that wasn't a huge stressor i mean it's kind of like a lot of people are probably casual ba- baseball or basketball fans like you're not going to watch the wizards like last year like it it sure. doesn't matter but if you're a if you're a hardcore nba fan you might that's that's the best way i could describe it like it was just kind of like cool tebow like when i grew up tebow was like obviously that was the height of tebow it was awesome to watch tebow and then he obviously graduated and so like I didn't care about Florida like at all, but it was kind of cool when Tebow was there. I remember like him winning the Cotton Bowl or and like, and like, Aaron Her- Hernandez, that's like, your cool. boy. I I was a fan of Aaron Hernandez in the NFL uh, up until obviously he had to go through some <laughs> off-the-field troubles. Um but it is what it is. I I don't know. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like if you if your team isn't in like the playoffs or whatever, you kind of still watch and root and root for the teams. Like, that's okay. kind of how it was.
0: Yeah, it totally makes sense. I, I would ask you the question, Bosque. What team would you say that you were the, the closest to being a fan of uh, right now? Um, You know, it's like, I mean,
1: like ASU, but I guess not like, again, like I never, like ASU I only liked because I went to the school. So it wasn't like I was truly a fan. Or it, it was not like fair weather fan, but it was like I was there. So it was kind of awesome to root for them. But, honestly, like, the teams that – the team that I – like, watching Colorado is really fun. Like, they are must-watch TV. Win or loss. That last game was incredible. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching the game against Oregon. Um, We'll get into the prediction later. But I wouldn't say, like, I'm rooting. Like, Colorado's must-watch, in my opinion. I really like watching Texas. Like, I think they're really fun. Um, Especially after beating Alabama. Like, that was, like, an incredible game. Um. I also think, like, they haven't played a good team yet, but I do think your Oregon State Beavers are fun. Like, I, I I do think that, like, they're a very interesting team. Like, it's a team that's not normally this good, with all due respect. And <laughs> so I think they're going to be really no, interesting hey, no to watch, especially... W- yeah, no, especially with, like, a loaded Pac-12. Like, the Pac-12 is the best conference in football, I think, it's, or college football. I think it's pretty fair to say that, especially when you look at the rankings, like, there's like six or five or six teams in the top twenty. Like it's absolutely ridiculous.
0: Eight, like, eight teams running. Like, I've so, never seen eight. that in my life. It's yeah, unbelievable. literally.
1: And of course, like of course, now the conference is like going is just completely going under. But it is what it is. Like I think those teams are must watch. So I, I'll watch all the games of them. Um, and then obviously like Hawaii because Colt likes Hawaii, but I don't really care much <laughs> about like like I don't think they're gonna be very good. So I don't know. Yeah. I would say like that. Certainly is something that I'm looking out for. I think Colorado is the main one, but that's a pretty obvious answer.
0: All right, well, uh, let's get into the predictions, man. I think I think it's the time is now. Uh, take a moment to introduce our guest picker standing. Uh, out of our three guests, in third place is Colt Almadova, who went three and four. Uh, second place <laughs> oh. is Rico Nose, who went six and two, and then in first place is Matthew Spahnauer from last week. He went seven and two. Bosky, where do you think you're going to rank after the picks this week?
1: I've looked at the games you've chosen, and I genuinely could see myself going like one and f- like one and six. All but all like I, it these are very tough games to choose from. But i I think that I'm going to get six right. I think I'll get six right.
0: Wow. Okay. Six right. Let's get into the first game. Right. We. have we've got number 4 Florida State traveling to play Clemson. This is a huge matchup in the ACC. Less big than we thought it would be going into the season because Clemson lost to Duke, but still a critical swing game. Bosky, what are your thoughts on this game and who do you have winning? Mm.
1: Uh, I see this was a tough. If you asked me before last week, I would have said Florida State easily, but Florida State did not look good against Boston College. Like they like not only did they like not look good in the first half, like they kind of took control of the game, and then seemingly lost all control, and that was just I don't know that wasn't great. Um, but also, but Clemson has has not been impressive. Like I I mean you obviously know that like the, the uh, unspoken B five with Cade Klubnik because I yeah. I love DJ Wongalele <laughs> so much. Um, but I also like objectively have not been impressed with had the way K Clubnick's played. Like I have I have not been impressed. I've not seen the five star one of one quarterback that a lot of people imagined he would be. So I'm gonna go with Florida State on this. I feel like I feel like that they're gonna get the job done. I know it's an away game and playing at Clemson is really tough, but I think Florida State like this is the year that like they could genuinely go all the way. Like they have all the pieces and Jordan Travis has looked incredible for the most part of the season. So I'm gonna go with Florida State.
0: You know what? That's true. I respect the pick. That's a great pick, Botky. Uh But as you may have picked up on, the Clemson Tigers were my national title pick going into this year. And so <laughs> the loss to Duke was literally backbreaking for me. And to me, this <laughs> yeah, feels like tough. a shot at redemption. It feels like a shot at redemption. Florida State is exactly who I thought they'd be. They're a really, really great team that could, if the things break right, make it to the national title. But they're an inconsistent team that you can't trust on the road, and they show that against Boston College. They're an ACC title contender, but not a national title contender. So is Clemson. Give me Clemson. Give me sweet, sweet redemption this week. I'm taking the Tigers. I think the spread opened at one and a half in Florida State's favor. So, like, the margins are there. So, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going with Clemson. No, I do think,
1: like, like Clemson – I mean, I know they're not ranked right now. I know the rankings, in my opinion, don't matter until like literally the playoff rankings drop. Like that, it, they don't matter at all. It's true. It's um, true, but it like when you look at like a four facing an unranked Clemson, will Clemson rush the field if they beat Florida State? Because I've seen some like, like the like people like fans have been rushing the field like crazy recently. I think Clemson does rush the field, but. I think it's, like, it could be in hindsight one of the things where it's like you really just rush the like Clemson, the Clemson Tigers <laughs> really just rush the field against Florida State. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I respect that. I can see this game going either way.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're having a little bit of a lag in the internet, but we're back. Uh, so, I, I mean, I saw some people talking about how rushing the field is corny and they're making fun of Colorado for doing it. I think that's dumb because I if I had the opportunity to rush field every game I would and that's yeah. the sentiment I have but speaking of Colorado I rush the field on the, the next loss. game Yeah same I've it. Oregon State lets you go <laughs> on the field after every game it's actually incredible and so we didn't win much back in the day, so we would just still go on the field. It was awesome. But <laughs> yeah. getting to the game, we've got 19 Colorado at number 10 Oregon. Uh, this won a big battle in the Pac-12. Really fun that Colorado's undefeated. They travel to Austin. Bosky, can they do the unthinkable?
1: Um, I I think the I think the lack of Travis like like having Travis Hunter injured. I believe he's out for this game. I think he's out for the next mm-hmm. two games or three games. But that is a killer because it's it's like Otani in baseball. It, you're losing your best corner and you're losing your best receiver. Like I know he hasn't necessarily looked like the best receiver. There's been a couple other guys. Horn's been incredible, um, but Weaver, that's too. just an absolute backbreaker. And Weaver, yeah, Weaver's been great too. Um, but that's that's a backbreaker for this team. I would love to pick them just because I think it's I think it's like going to be like a it'd be a fun pick. But without Travis Hunter and you're going at Oregon, who's looked phenomenal, I would be dumb to pick Colorado. And I know Dion would be upset and say like, whatever, <laughs> or whatever he says after every game, we coming. Or, but I I like can't <laughs> yeah. with the right mind pick Colorado to win this game. Their defenses look shaky, and also Colorado State is a is not a good team, and like they almost lost that game. It's just it's hard for me to pick them. I'm going to Oregon.
0: Yeah. uh, For Colorado, I really like that they won last week. It makes this game so much more fun. It's just good for college football, Mm -hmm. I think, for for them to be still undefeated. However, they're about to get smoked. They are about to get absolutely smoked by the Ducks. The Oregon Ducks may have five sacks by the half. This Colorado offensive line is going to get brutalized by a bunch of future NFL guys on the Ducks defensive line. I think Bucky Irving is going to run for, like, 150-plus yards, and I honestly think that this one could get really ugly. Uh, And I I actually believe, like, the Ducks are about to smash these guys. And I've been seeing all week, I've been seeing analysts put out these close scores and saying, like, I saw some people picking Colorado to win earlier this week, and that blows my mind because people look at the 20-point spread and they say, oh, Colorado already overcame a 20-point spread versus TCU. But what they don't realize is this spread would have been 40 but it's only twenty because Colorado has proved they were better than that twenty-point spread versus TCU. Uh, I just really think that the talent, l- line of scrimmage talent, is going to be so key here, and it's going to show that Colorado's not a New Year's Six team. They're more of like a seven or six or maybe eight if something breaks right team.
1: No, I, I completely agree. Like, I, I also think like losing Travis Hunter is like is massive. Yeah. He is their key to success. Even, like, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, but in TCU, I mean, one of the game-changing plays was his interception in the red zone. That clear, like, that clearly was, a, I mean, that was a huge play, and especially in hindsight. And even in the receiving end, he had 10 catches that game. Against Nebraska, he was absolutely insane. And when he went down uh, against Colorado State, Duke, the offense struggled. Like, it, the offense did struggle. I know the end score says they put up, 35 points, but it wasn't, I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't like it was not a dominant performance by any stretch, and their defense has looked shaky throughout the entire season. Like you said, like there's, I don't see how Colorado wins this game. If they do, I would be genuinely shocked. I, I, I would be shocked if they won. It would be like, it would be a huge upset. I also think, and I, and I, I mean, I'm not like, I don't know, I'm not going to claim I know more college football than anyone that probably listens to your, watches your videos, but. I wasn't very high on TCU to begin with. I think like you, like I wasn't very high on them. It's like I, I definitely I mean I picked them in our prediction to win. I picked I picked Colorado to win on our pick 'em. But I have there's a zero percent chance. I genuinely cannot see them win this game. No no
0: chance. That's true. I believe we are actually tied for first place in the pick 'em right we now, are. which is actually pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, maybe this this week we'll we'll start to shift that because we went the other way on the Florida State Clemson game. So if we keep it consistent. It'll come down to that. True. Uh, the next next game here is going to be another Pac-12 battle, number 22 UCLA at 11 Utah. Last year, the youth went into the Rose Bowl and got stomped around by UCLA. So looking for a little bit of revenge. Cam Rising, still questionable. No one knows who you're going to play. Same with Brent Keefe, the tight end. With that knowledge, Boski, who you got in this game and how do you see it shaking out?
1: Uh, I, did, I did see that about Cam Rising, and that certainly affected the way I view this game. But... And and Utah has a like a, has had a epidemic of just starting the season slow in the last like three or four years. But they are at home, and i i i do I do think they get the job done here. I think i I think that they're going to go and win the Pac twelve again for a third straight year. I, I had them winning the Pac twelve as my. Uh, I think they're going to beat you. Like I just think I think I don't know. I think they're, like they're one of those That's teams crazy. that has so much experience that regardless of like the amount of transfers all these other teams get, like I think experience is huge, especially in college sports when you're dealing with guys that are super young and super inexperienced. I know um, UCLA is a, as a first-year starter on their team cause, uh, with DTR leaving. Um, yep. And I, I just think Utah's experience gets the job done. I do think Cam Rising will play. This is a huge game. Regardless of him being injured, I think he'll be on the field. So I'm assuming he's on the field, and for that reason I'm picking Utah to win.
0: Okay, uh, Bosky, I'm loving, I'm loving your, your thoughts on this game, and it's kind of scary because of the questions at quarterback, but I honestly think, even without Cam Rising, give me Utah. I think home field advantage really means a lot for the youth in this game, and we saw that versus Florida. They're a completely different team when they're home. Uh, they obviously got a nice, close win at Baylor a couple weeks ago. I think the youths win. I think that they cover if they have rising. They don't without rising, but they just find a way to win, and they, they rattle Dante Moore, the young quarterback for UCLA, because uh, this place is rocking at night. And I think there's a chance they'll be losing, but then as you and me saw in person, their moment of loudness, it really gets <sighs> the boys going. And at that point, it's going to be all Utah. Yeah, no,
1: I completely agree. The, the moment of loudness for me it could turn the game on again.
0: Yeah, and it feels like it does every single time. If you've never experienced that to anyone listening, go to a Utah game and experience the moment of between the third and fourth quarters. Uh, next game on here, we've got an SEC battle. It's number 15 Ole Miss at number 13 Alabama. The AP poll dropped Bama three spots. They had a terrible game versus South Florida. Everyone's screaming, the sky is falling. It's over for Nick Saban. Bosky, is it over for Nick Saban? What do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: This, honestly, of all the of all the picks, this one was easily the toughest in my opinion, because the quarterback situation at Alabama is a a huge problem. Like I think it's it's not only is it the difference between them them being like a playoff t- like caliber team, but I think it's the difference between them being a contender for the SEC. Like I I do not think with the, the I mean the I mean Jay, was it Jalen Milrow and they have a couple other guys I don't even remember I can't remember. Buckner, their
0: names. But Buckner and Simpson are the other guys.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, but Buckner looked horrific in that last game. Um I think it's a serious problem, and I do, and Jackson Dart has been really good this year, and I think he's certainly one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. I think he's pretty underrated. That being said, I it's hard for me to pick against St. Nick. He's like two hundred like his record at home is is. In, impressive it's like it's one of the best records i think of any coach in pretty much any sport like his his home record what i saw during the texas game is like crazy i couldn't even believe it was real so i'm gonna go with alabama i think they bounce back uh, but this will be a very tough game and it pretty much hinges on the quarterback play of alabama in my opinion
0: yeah ole miss is a really trendy pick in this game it's the same vibe as ucla being a trendy pick in the utah game but I think it's time for everyone to calm down, take a breath. Alabama, they did end up losing, but they tested a really good Texas team in Bryant-Denny. They play different in Bryant-Denny. They play different with Milro quarterbacks. I think they're going to silence some critics this week. Obviously, you can't silence all the critics with Alabama and Nick Saban involved. There's always going to be those guys. I think they're going to control this game, the pace of this game. You're going to see a completely different Alabama team. Uh I trust Jalen Milrow. There was a rumor going around that Milroe wasn't, like, injured or benched or anything last week. Uh, the rumor was that he got suspended, but they kept it quiet and, like, underneath everything. Oof. So that was the rumor that he got suspended. Um. Well, I mean, I hope he's back because, like, Alabama,
1: even in that Texas game, like, Jalen Milrow looked – I mean, he wasn't, like, the greatest Alabama quarterback I've seen, but he looked he looked pretty solid. And I also think that the Alabama defense – I, it was a close game, but their defense still performed really well. They they came up with huge sacks when it mattered. And when the offense is failing, I'll, I'll I'll be damned if I bet against a Nick Saban defense. They are always absolutely incredible, especially during critical points in the season. We've seen it time and time again against whenever LSU is trending upwards, whenever Ole Miss is trending upward. Throughout history, Nick Saban's defense puts on the clamps with some of the best talent around. I, I always will trust the Nick Saban defense, so I think it's up to the offense for sure in this one.
0: Yeah, 100%. Going to be a very exciting game. Next game, very near and dear to my heart, as you know. Number 14, Oregon State, 3-0, and travels to play, 21st-ranked Washington State in Pullman. Pullman has been a house of horrors for the Beavs recently. Bosky, what's your take on this game? I'm obviously going with the Beavs.
1: Like, there's no doubt about it. I think... I, I genuinely... I genuinely... Obviously, you know how I feel about uh, DJ. I, I love DJ. Um, now, granted, he has not play. He didn't play very well last week, and he hasn't really played no. great... But he also Terrible hasn't week been... Last week. He also... Yeah, and no, he wasn't great. But he also hasn't really... Like, I don't think... When you're playing... Like, the first three weeks, Oregon State didn't play very competitive teams, at least in my opinion. Um, and... I think it's hard sometimes for the, for these quarterbacks or any of the players to to really get up for a game when it's a team of San Diego State's caliber, of Fresno State, of UC Davis. It's just it's hard to get up for that, especially when you're in week three. Like you're kind of done with that. You kind of know you're going to win. You're just getting trying to get ready for Pac-12. I think he's going to come out of a, a very good performance, and I think they I think they'd beat Washington State and. I'm, I'm again. I'm very high in Oregon State. I'm obviously going to pick them because you're a fan, but I'm, I'm I'm legitimately thinking I think Oregon State's going to do it. The defense is very good as well.
0: Yeah. So Oregon State has the physicality edge. They have the secondary edge. They shut down Washington State last year, and their pass rush is even better than it was last year. They're racking up the sacks like crazy. Uh, they have the advantage in special teams playmakers. Um, DJ DJ's looked good for the most part. It's an upgraded quarterback. You look at uh, last week, you can attribute some of the struggles to maybe Oregon State trying to not show their full playbook because they're just getting a conference play, all that kind of stuff. However, Pullman has been a house of horrors for the Bees. as I said before. Oregon State has lost four straight games in Pullman, and I know better than to let my guard down fully. So I'm going to be rocking with the Washington State Cougars. Call it a depression bet of sorts. But that's my pick. I'm going with Washington State, pulling the upset at home.
1: Sham Ward, baby.
0: He actually looked pretty good. Exactly. Sure. He has looked pretty good. So shout out to, to Cam Ward, no longer deserving the nickname Sham Ward. Next game is college game day. It is arguably the biggest game of the week. Number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame. A huge, huge battle. Bosky, what's your read here?
1: I I genuinely think Notre Dame comfortably win this, wins this game. I genuinely believe that. Like I I I'm not sold on Kyle McCord, and I think Sam Hartman is one of the like he's you could argue probably a top five quarterback. Does in the this have anything nation.
0: to do with the physical appearance of Marcus Freeman and Sam Hartman? <laughs>
1: Well, I, I think I mean I'd be lying if I said, if I said no. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, I I think Marcus Freeman has done a really really good job, and I think one of the biggest problems for them last year was obviously the quarterback play with Drew Pine. Now, fortunately, <laughs> Drew Pine is with the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, <laughs> but but seriously, um, I think Sam Hartman is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He's looked phenomenal so far. And they're playing at home. This is—I mean, this is good. This is a like this is a perfect Marcus Freeman like legacy game at with number six Ohio State coming in. It's going to be a sold out stadium. I think they get the job done, and I think they get the job done by double digit points. I—I I think this is a wow. pretty easy
0: game for them. Wow. Double digit points. Like, if is I, crazy. I would say like thirty-four
1: twenty. I think like thirty-four twenty. I'm not even kidding.
0: Hey. Boski, I'm with you on Sam Hartman being a great quarterback. I really trust him. I think the offense for Notre Dame is so much better this year. I like the fact that Notre Dame's at home. But unfortunately, I think this is where people are going to take notice of the Buckeyes defense. Uh, Nobody has really noticed because everyone's been focused on McCord and how the offense is looking. And guess what? The offense came together last week, and it doesn't matter how bad McCord plays. They have so many playmakers. It's going to disguise all of that. I just think the defensive playmakers for this Buckeye team are going to make an insane difference this week. And I'm sad to say, I think we're going to see sad Marcus Freeman uh, in the postgame presser after I, I'm going to pick Ohio State in this game.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I mean, I can't hate that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Marvin Harrison Jr. He's probably, I mean, he's going to minimum go over 100 receiving yards and like a couple touchdowns. But. I don't know. I, I I feel very confident with Notre Dame. Like, I think this is, like, also early season Notre Dame is, like, always damn near unbeatable. So once they get to, like, True. December or November, it's
0: <laughs> it's when it, the wheels it's usually over. fall off. All right. Final game of the predictions here. We've got number 24, Iowa, at number 7, Penn State. A Big Ten ga- game. Uh, Iowa's offense kind of sucks. But uh, who you got in this game? Um, I'm going to go with Penn State.
1: Um, simple, like not only I think I think Penn State's defense has been pretty solid this year. They haven't faced the the greatest competition by any means. But I don't think that's going to matter. They're playing at home. It, it's going to like that Penn State home atmosphere is one of the best in college football, at least certainly historically. Um and I don't think the like the play of Cade McNamara's been that great. So I don't think it's going to like I don't think Iowa's offense is going to do, do anything Ridiculous in this game, I haven't been super impressed with Drew Aller as well, but I still think Penn Penn State gets it done. They're number seven in the country, they're playing at home. This is I mean, I think this one's a fairly easy pick in terms of who's gonna win this one.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I probably won't be watching a ton of this game because Penn State's gonna win this game like thirty four to thirteen, and I was probably maybe gonna get a score early or something like that to get the fans excited. But then Penn State is just going to grind out this game. The only intriguing part of this game is that it's the whiteout, which is fun, and trying to see if that Penn State offense can show a second gear that they can get into. But Iowa's offense is so dreadful that it makes games like this just kind of depressing more than anything because you're just like, oh, Iowa could be really good, and then they're just trash. (laughs) Not trash, but, like, just not contender-worthy.
1: Yeah, what, like... I'm curious because I don't. I mean, I don't follow Iowa football too closely or m- much of the personnel that goes along with that. But why is it that Iowa's offense has struggled so much? Everyone said last year oh, it was it was the quarterback play. It was whatever. Like you know, the quarterback play was a huge one, and they replaced him with K Back tomorrow, who was solid at Michigan. It was. I mean, he was in a quarterback like battle with uh, with JJ McCarthy only a year ago. But what and he hasn't looked great this year. Like, what is it about Iowa's offense that is just so stagnant as him.
0: So for Iowa football, Brian Ferentz, their coach is very old fashioned. He's literally been there since 1998 as the head coach of Iowa. They have run the exact same offense the entire time he's been there. He's refused to adapt it and they call it complimentary. And it's true that their defense wouldn't be ranked number one in the country and everything. If they played a different style of offense. However, the the complimentary style they play has put a firm ceiling on Iowa football. And it's clear, like they've never been able to get over the hump and be championship level. They've always just been good bowl team. And so that's the trade-off you get. Another thing is Brian Ferentz, his son, is the offensive coordinator. And he's been there for a long time coaching a terrible offense, and he's refused to fire him. Everyone was asking for him to get fired last year. Instead of firing him, they put a clause in his contract saying they have to average 25 points a game to give him like half of his money basically. Uh, Well, I mean, I
1: guess that would certainly explain it, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yikes, that is, yeah, that's, oof, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not an Iowa football fan, but, you know, it might be better than being an ASU fan, so I'll give them that.
0: At this point, yes, because we scored zero points, as much smack as you want to talk about uh, their offense. (laughs) But, Bosky, let's jump forward from the predictions. We'll see how those age. Uh, We will get to our upset meter, where we're going to rate a couple of the games that aren't necessarily the same type of coin flip the ones we just picked are, uh, and we're going to rate them on how likely they are on the upset scale, going from least likely of no chance, shot in the dark, puncher's chance, to most likely upset alert, and it's happening on the scale. Any questions before we get started, Boski?
1: No, I, th- I, think, I think this will be fun. I'm, I'm curious to see how I do on
0: this. <laughs> All right, let's start with number five, USC at Arizona State. I genuinely think no chance.
1: <laughs> like, USC is, is one of the like most high-powered offenses in college football. I think that's pretty clear. I think you've said it, and I think a lot of people have said that the biggest question marks come with their defense. No one's doubting Caleb Williams. No one's doubting the offensive firepower they possess. It's pretty much always like that with the Lincoln-Riley team. And Arizona State's biggest problem, what? Well, I mean, it's been a multitude of things, but the offense scoring zero points last week without—I mean, well now Jalen Rashad is out. I i, I give this game. I, there's a zero percent chance. I do not see Arizona State winning or even scoring more than like fourteen points. They're not going to score enough, like regardless.
0: So, yeah, I mean, we have. It's going to be. I'm going to say. I'm going to say no chance, just because yeah. it's going to be Jacob Conover, the fourth string quarterback, starting. Which is dreadful. The only thing that made me made me think about going shot in the dark is that remember the ASU USC game last year? ASU went into the Coliseum and it was like a game, like in the fourth quarter, like it was like a ten point game, and like we had it in the red zone or something like that. But uh, and that was a worse, maybe worse ASU team. I don't know about with Jacob Conover at quarterback. I think it's going to be pretty ugly, and I'm going to be at the game. Unfortunately, I mean,
1: you get to see Caleb Williams. That's that's going to be fun. It's gonna be
0: great. I'm gonna. The plan is we're gonna go to Rusty Taco, like in in Tempe, before, and we're gonna watch the mm-hmm. Oregon State Washington State game there, and then we're gonna go watch ASU get their tails kicked in, and probably leave <laughs> by the second quarter to go eat more Rusty Taco.
1: Yeah, that, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see this happening, and i and like doing, doing like the college football math. Sometimes, it, I mean, we all do it. It sometimes just doesn't work. Like last year's team was different than this year's. It's just so hard. And based on what I've seen this, based on what I, on what I've seen this year from Arizona State, I, I there is no universe in which I see them winning. Not
0: not not this right. one at least. All right, next one we've got number seventeen, North Carolina at Pitt. What's your read here? I would say, I would say puncher's
1: chance. I would say puncher's chance. Now, my definition of puncher's chance is, I don't know, I, I, it might be different from yours, but it's, I mean, it's not high by any means. But, I, I like, if this happened, it would be a shock to me. But there are certainly holes in North Carolina that I think can be exploited, I think defensively. They clearly have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Drake May is absolutely, I guess, like surefire, maybe even a top five pick in next year's draft. So I don't think it's, it's much to worry about the offense, but I, th- I think defensively they could struggle. If I'm if I'm remembering Pittsburgh or Pitt, yeah, hasn't been defensively, great defensively this they year. they like, but and but they played a close game with Cincinnati, who, who I think is pretty good. So I don't know. I I, I, I I'm gonna give it a puncher's chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, for this game I thought about going puncher's chance, but I ended up going just with a shot in the dark. Uh the only reason I'm going shot in the dark is because Pitt football has just been lifeless this season. Like I, I just don't think they have that gear, especially offensively. Um, it's been it's been pretty tough, man. They lost some really ugly games to uh, Cincinnati, and they lost that game to uh, West Virginia last week. So they just don't have it this year. I don't think they have the offense to do what it seemed like App State did, where they kept up with North Carolina. So I'm going to go with Shot in the Dark.
1: Was it? Was it? I thought it was a close game with Cincinnati.
0: Was it not? It ended up being a close game, but Cincinnati turned around and lost to Miami of Ohio the next week. And so it's like, oh. No, that's right. <laughs> like, How good was that, that loss? But uh, oh, next so game we've got... On the docket here is the McGuffin game: Cal at eight Washington. Cal, one of the colleges close to you, Boskie.
1: True, sure, I have a bunch of friends that go there, um, but I think this is shot in the dark. I'm not going to say no chance because it is a it is a Pac-12 game, but again, like watching what Michael Michael Penix did last last week to Michigan State. Was, mm. I mean, it, he looked like, it, he looked like he was playing a video, like it, it, it was video game stuff. What he was doing in that first half, um, now I don't think Cal's as bad as they were last year, so that's the only reason I give this shot in the dark. But it would, you would, they would have to play a perfect game and somehow shut down the juggernaut offense with Michael Penix to even be in this
0: game. I don't know. I'm gonna give it a shot in the dark. I'm feeling dangerous, bosky I'm gonna go puncher's chance. There are, there are actually some playmakers for this Cal team, and this is the stat. Okay. This is the stat right here. Cal has beaten Washington two of the last four times they've been in Seattle. There's been, like, a weird thing with this Cal team. They, they like, actually sometimes beat Washington, and it's the Mcguffin game, so you know Cal's going to be hungry.
1: That no, that 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 is true. Uh, obviously, they have going to have that in their minds. I'm sure the the, pre, the locker room speech will involve lots of talk about the MacGuffin, <laughs> yeah. which will certainly get is them that, up for this game. Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure they've uh, had the McGuffin the last like 30 years.
0: <laughs> yes, that's true. I think 1994 was the last time they held it. But if the MacGuffin ever makes it its way into a pregame hype speech, like that, I've made it. That I've made it at that point. It's it. Yeah,
1: that's true. I think, I think that would be... If you ever heard like those like, mic'd up things, and they were like, guys, the MacGuffins on the only... We may not make a bowl game this year, but we could <laughs> at least get the MacGuffin. <laughs>
0: like, ah. uh, all right, next game, we've got number three, Texas, at Baylor. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. What's your read? Mm. I'm
1: going to go with... Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Puncher's Chance. And... The only reason I say this is it's Texas on the road. They have looked pretty good, but I don't know. Like the Big Twelve is is the most like mysterious conference, and literally anything can happen in that conference. Last year, like TCU and Kansas State were in the title game. Before that, Baylor won. Baylor won like what two years ago. This conference is just is so up in arms that that's the only reason I'm saying it's a puncher's chance because. I can never count on the big, the big 12 to deliver anything when it's like, when it seemingly is a lock, the Big 12, will, the big 12 gods will like, str- like smite me and
0: have Baylor win or something. <laughs> All right, Bosky, I'm going to go one up. I'm going to say upset alert. I think this is legitimate upset <laughs> alert. Beware, Texas. Wyoming fought with them last week and they were at home. They're on the road. We saw this desperate Baylor team test Utah and have a 10-point lead on Utah late. And Dave Aranda, the Hawaiian, shout out to him. He's coaching for his freaking job out there. So beware if you are Texas. I'm putting it on high upset alert. That's, you
1: know what? I I, I can I can actually, the more you talk, you're talking me into it more. Um, but I'm going to stick with puncher's <laughs> chance. I think this is a really tough game for Texas.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. Next game, we've got Arkansas at number 12, LSU. Ooh, I'm gonna.
1: You know what? I think this one is on upset alert. I do think this one's on upset alert. LSU has seemed <laughs> has seemed very uh, bless you. Uh, LSU Thank has you. seemed very inconsistent this year. Again, like last week, they looked. I mean, Jaden Daniels looked like a world beater. He looked like one of the one of the best quarterbacks. I mean, certainly in the in the in the, in the, in the SEC. But they've also had games where they have struggled mightily, and Jaden Daniels has not looked good. I think that first game against was it Florida State? They looked, they did not look great. Yeah. Um, and so again it's a it's an SEC game. I can see this I can see this one being on upset alert just before the inconsistency of Jaden Daniels at quarterback. And I would know a lot about that being an AS, having gone to ASU and watched them there.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say shot in the dark actually I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little lower just because of how good L S U looked at Mississippi State. I think Brian Kelly's good at making his teams bounce back. Arkansas has won some tough games, especially under Sam Pittman. But to me, the task seems too tall in Death Valley. I just, I just don't know. I can't. I'm not even going puncher's chance. I'm going shot in the dark. I don't see this one happening.
1: Yeah, for everyone that's watching, I would definitely trust him more than me. So <laughs> that's fair.
0: Not sure if you're talking. the The stream is lagging a little bit, but uh, let's go to the next game. Never, it looks like you weren't talking, so that's good. Number sixteen, Oklahoma at Cincinnati is the last game on the docket here.
1: I I think Cincinnati. I actually think that Cincinnati is better than their than their uh, than their play is suggested. I know they're they're two and one, and they lost a tough one to Miami of Ohio, but I, I do think that they're going to finish the year. With eight or nine wins. I think they're a solid team. But the way Oklahoma has looked has been insane. They're I mean, they're dropping 60-70 points the yeah. last couple. I mean, they've done that twice already this year, and I don't even care the competition. Like dropping 70 in a game is impressive, regardless. And I just think that their their offense is too much. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel is has seemingly hit another level um, as a quarterback. But, yeah, to me, I I think this one's a shot in the dark at best for Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. Shot in the dark. Uh, the only way Cincinnati has any chance in this game is if they get out and they're able to run with this team and score on the Oklahoma defense and limit their mistakes. But they had a ton of mistakes versus Miami of Ohio, so I just I just don't – it's not going to translate against Oklahoma. <laughs> but Vosky yeah. – the people are broke right now. All my followers are broke. I'm, I'm still just barely under 500 for my locks. So I am trusting you to come in and bless us with two locks. I'm going to throw in two of my own, but Bosky, what are some two Saturday betting locks that you have?
1: My betting locks. Um, oh yeah. I, I wrote them down. I have Notre Dame to cover the spread. I have them winning, but I think the lock is for them to cover the spread.
0: Okay. Um, And what's that spread right now? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I think it's three and a half. Or it was, I think, yeah, it was three and a half. It was three and a half. I saw it at one point at two and a half. But, yeah, three and a half is what it is now. So, I have them covering that spread. I think think that's a lock. This game, I think Notre Dame wins this game at home. I said by double digit points, I wouldn't do the alternate spread. That's not a lock. That's just what I think. (laughs) (laughs) But... I also I think for my second lock, I I mean I think I genuinely think Oregon to cover the spread. I think it's twenty twenty-one now. But just based on everything we've talked about before, I think that is to me like I don't see a world where Colorado wins. I don't care how innovative Dion is, I just don't see that defense stopping them. And so I think Oregon to cover the spread, especially at home. Those are two, and then a, a one we talked about earlier. I also think Baylor to cover the spread. Minus fourteen and a half for Texas is a lot. That I think lot. I think I could see Baylor covering that spread. I could see Baylor covering that spread. So that's three. Those are three locks for me.
0: Wow, we get three locks. Well, one of my locks. We go. Each, you get three. It, we well, one of mine is is the same as yours. Oregon minus twenty one. So I'm over here slacking. Unless I just steal that one from you, then we both have two. Um, and then the other one I've got <laughs> is I've got Alabama minus six and a half. I, I think they're going to swamp all over this uh, Ole Miss squad. I really am confident that minus six and a half is is pretty easy money there. Um, so I'm going to take that one. We're trying to get back. I'm at nine and ten on my locks for the season so far. So I, I just need one good weekend, and business is going to be absolutely booming. Yeah, I know. I, I
1: think – that's tough for locks to be below 500 on locks is, that's, 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 that's <laughs> a tough one.
0: It is tough, but we'll that, get it figured out. At least, uh, yeah. There's like a, I, I shouldn't call him out by name. There's a guy right now that's getting like ousted on TikTok for basically like fabricating his locks or whatever. Like he just says, Oh, I called that afterwards and has like an, an absurdly good record. Like at like 80% hit rate right now. And that's caused Jeez. quite a stir. So uh, I'm not trying to be that guy. Well, I'm being honest with the people. How are they like outing him? Like, is he
1: just saying, is he not is he not giving his predictions before the game, or is just is he only saying no? They afterwards? don't. They
0: don't. Yeah, they're not posting them before the game. According to them, they're yeah. I'll I'll tell you more about it after the show. Let's not get too into the nitty gritty details. But uh, the last segment, Bosky, and how we usually like to end things with the guest here is fact or fiction. Uh, This was a segment that originated on Pacific Point of View, our our, my old podcast back at the Arizona State days. So, Bosky, I'm gonna deliver eight to ten statements to you, and you are gonna tell me if they are fact or if they are fiction. They will not all be college football related. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, fact or fiction? uh, The Patriots will make the playoffs this season. Fiction. They're not making
1: the playoffs. Um, I think they'll be. The, I think they'll be that one. I mean, I I've actually been relatively impressed for what it's been for the Patriots. They played the Eagles game close. They were almost beat the Dolphins. I mean, they were like half a yard away from that first down. But I think they're going to be that team that plays every single team really well, but just can't get the job done. I think they win about seven games. They're in a very tough conference. I don't see a way they make the playoffs. It would have to be the wild card, and they've, they're already starting out 0-2, which is not great. They also have to play the Cowboys later this year, which is going to be wow. brutal. They, they, they have to play the Giants, I believe, as well. That's going to be a really tough game. I think the Giants are better than what they've shown this year. I think that this is a really tough schedule for the Patriots. They're going to play everyone close. They're not bad, but they're not making the playoffs
0: unfortunate. Well, let's go to your other team, Bosky. He's a Patriots fan, by the way, for those of you listening. That's why I delivered that. But it's another one of your teams. <laughs> Fact or fiction, the Phillies will make the playoffs this season.
1: Oh, God. I don't, oh, They are making the playoffs. Right? They just won again. And they took the series from the Braves, two out of three. They're four games, I think five games up on the wild card right now. And so I do think they make the playoffs, The but the biggest question is, I, I don't believe they make it as far as they obviously made the World Series last year, that was amazing. But they have been so inconsistent when it comes to pitching. Aaron Nola has been horribly inconsistent. He was good today. I guarantee next next game he has a horror show and has gives it like five runs. The relief pitching has been bad. I don't I don't see them beating the Braves. I don't see them beating the Dodgers. I think they will get obviously they'll get out of the wild card and they'll probably lose in the divisional series. That's what I think.
0: Okay, we'll we'll keep that prediction in mind.
1: Don't make the playoffs. Uh, don't make the playoffs.
0: Okay. Okay. Back to your fiction. Uh, Special K red berries are better than yogurty clusters. Ooh. <laughs> fiction. Fi- Honestly, fiction. I think
1: the yogurty clusters wow. are better. But, but, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you're like less of a man for eating them. <laughs> but they are better.
0: No, that's, like, that's if true. You, that's, that's right <laughs> off.
1: it. I just don't like, I don't know, like how, like, uh, if like, I don't know how, like, if I had a girlfriend, I don't know how, how my girlfriend could look me in the eye after I, I've woken up and started my day with some yogurty clusters. Like, I just like, I think that like the, my testosterone levels dropped by like 200. Really, so really they true. are better, but at, they're, they're better, but at what cost?
0: <laughs> at that point. Now I see why you want Royd to be legalized. You've got to be able to eat yogurty yeah. clusters and, and do roids. do that. Uh, True. Fact or fiction? Winner of the Florida State Clemson game wins the ACC. Ooh,
1: I, I, ooh, that's tough. I'm gonna say fact because I think Florida State's gonna win, and I think they're gonna win the, the conference. So okay, I think it's fact. But in, in if in if Clemson wins, I still think Florida State wins that. So I, I think like. I mean, these are, like, obviously, I think these two teams will most likely play again. But I think Florida State wins that game, and I think they win the conference. So I'm going to go with fact.
0: All right. Fact or fiction, football is the best sport. Hmm.
1: Um. Football is, ooh, the only, like, my favorite sport is probably baseball or soccer, but... With foot like football and and the American point of view, the American point of view, the best American sport is football, and I don't even think it's close. It's it literally owns God's day of the week. Like that is like crazy. Like when you like, <laughs> like, and that's not like like. I mean, Sunday is like for literally thousands of years has been the day everyone goes to church, and NFL Sunday is now like the biggest part of Sunday. Like that, like in America, <laughs> that is crazy. I think you have to, like, give it to respect. I think, in ter- like, it's the best American sport easily, but worldwide it's soccer, and it's not even close.
0: Fact or fiction drawn out, only the boldest takes from you. Uh, next one, it's going to be about your Warriors. Fact or fiction, the Warriors win a championship this season? Um, I think
1: fiction. I-, I don't think they win. I think-, I think the West is too good, and the Warriors are only getting older. I think depth is a is a big issue. They got Chris Paul, but I don't think that's necessarily what they needed. I think Chris Paul will be good. Actually, I think Chris Paul will be good off the bench. I think he he certainly adds, a, he adds something to that team, which they didn't have it was a guy that could score. At the mid range level, they could now they could score at all three levels of the game with Chris Paul on the on the floor, but I think the Lakers are going to be really really talented this year. I think the Nuggets are obviously going to be a threat. I, the West is too good, and I think the Warriors, it's certainly near the end. I don't see them winning another title this year. It's going to be tough.
0: Unfortunate, man. Uh, you've been America. blessed with, yeah. with many rings, though, so I'm not going to cry yeah. for you at all. I'm
1: not complaining. I'm not complaining.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, fact or fiction, you will have the best record of the guest pickers when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah. I, I fact, you know, I'm pretty confident. I I think either I I think I either have the best record or by far the worst record, like by far. Like I'm ta- I'm talking about like two wins, it's like either i have, like seven, seven wins or
0: two wins, no in between. <laughs> All right. Next up, fact or fiction? Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback. No, it's fiction. He's not. Nah. I, I think
1: Mac Mac Jones. No, I think the Patriots. It's actually a really weird position because I think Mac Jones is actually a pretty... I think he's like a Jimmy Garoppolo-tier quarterback. Maybe a little better, but he's also been in a super unfortunate like The the circumstances he's had are super unfortunate. His rookie year, he made the playoffs. They won 10 games, lost the Bills, but his he, there's no receivers. He, his team is full of receiver twos. Kendrick Bourne, uh, Nikhil Harry at one point, Hunter Henry. It's that Jonu Smith that's not good enough, and then Now they have a Juju Smith Schuster. Like, they're getting wide receiver twos. There's no receiver on that team that can stretch a defense or make a play on his own. They don't have a Debo. They don't have an A.J. Brown. They don't have a Tyreek Hill. And last year, he had no offensive coordinator. So I think he's been in a terrible situation, but he also hasn't developed because of it. And therefore, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. That's why I I don't think it's not like he's not capable, he's just been very unlucky. And because of that, he just hasn't developed. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with it.
0: Unfortunately. Hey, last, it last but not least, fact or fiction, Barcelona is still in debt. That's that's like <laughs> beyond factual.
1: <laughs> they, What's you know, the so they actually, figure? in the entire, it's still, I think, over a bill. A bill. I think it's over a bill. But, the, I mean, they, they've sold so many assets. They they spent only three million dollars in the transfer window, which I'm pretty sure like every single team in the Champions League has spent more, and there are teams that like are worth like a fraction of what Barcelona is worth. They estimated Barcelona as the second richest club a few like a few days ago at five point one billion dollars. And they spent like the amount that like a third tier England team spends on the pl- like they can't spend any money. They are seriously in trouble, unfortunately.
0: Well, that's that's really tough. But Bosky, I appreciate you coming to the show and and bringing all your insight. We are coming to a close. <laughs> that is all for for fact or fiction. But anything you want the people to know or, or you want to share before we wrap things up here?
1: Mm, I will say that. Oregon State wins 11 games this year. Bold, but I think it happens. Um, Barca wins the Champions League behind João Felix, player of the tournament. I'm loving him. Uh, And I would also like to say that um, Hawaii wins under three games this year, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah some some interesting predictions i wasn't expecting that might have to put those on a a bulletin board somewhere so we can follow up and see how those age but i appreciate you coming on bosky it was an absolute blast uh to talk with you about the upcoming slate uh appreciate everyone that was listening in live and also in the chat and uh listening back on spotify or wherever you get your podcast later don't forget to be following cf budge on everything, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. And don't forget to give Boski a follow. He runs Talking Baseball History on TikTok. But I appreciate you guys for sticking through and uh, have a fantastic college football Saturday this weekend. And I will see you guys next Monday.